there's a passage of scripture in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. It tells us this. For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty ways of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. See, it says that the accuser was overcome by the blood of Jesus. That Jesus' death on the cross was a nail in his coffin. That through Jesus' sacrifice, that all of us have access to the forgiveness of sins. But that's not the only thing that it says. It says that was one of the things that overcame the accuser. You know what the second thing it said was? says that they, he was overcome by our testimony, by our story, the story of what God was doing through the lives of the people in Revelation. It says they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb, and it says that they triumphed over him by the word of their testimony. Remember, God is writing his story through your life. You know, when I hear the word testimony, it's not a word we use very often. Maybe you think about it in the uh, sense of a courtroom, but it is an account of your life. It's an account of your story. It's an account of what God has been doing through you. You know, you can't say the word testimony without first saying the word test. And so it encompasses all these hardships. It, it encompasses all of these trials. It it encompasses all these struggles that we've gone through they're a part of our story you know when somebody wants to hear our story they don't want to just hear the good parts they don't just want to hear the ending they don't want to just hear the uh ending they want to hear all the struggle that it took to get there that's what makes a great story here's all the bumps and bruises here's all the mistakes here's all the strain that it took to come to hear. That's why in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, James says this, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. James says, all those tests that you're going through, all those struggles, all those trials, he says, consider them joy because they're just a part of your story. He says, God's going to use those things that you're going, to, going through. He's going to use those hardships. He's going to use that. And he says, he's going to use it to make you stronger. He says, they're going through that. He says, you're going to create perseverance. You're going to be able to endure And so I don't know what kind of tests you've been through. I don't know what kind of trials you've been through. Maybe you've been mistreated. Maybe you've been bullied. Maybe you felt all alone. And that's part of your story. And why would it be important to share that? Because there's people that are going through the same thing. And they can find hope in hearing about how you got through it. They can find hope just hearing that you're trying 
to get through it. Maybe you've been struggling with addiction, drugs, or alcohol, or pornography. You may not even be through it yet. You may be stuck right in the middle of it. Why would somebody need to hear that story? Because somebody would look at you and be like, I would have never dreamed that they were going through that. And now all of a sudden we're the same. Now all of a sudden I've got some encouragement. Now all of a sudden I've got some hope that if they've dealt with that, if they're dealing with that and they're trying to get through it, then maybe I can get through it as well. Maybe you're a parent. You feel like you're failing. Why would you need to tell that story to somebody? Because maybe there's somebody who's next to you. And they feel like that they're failing as a parent as well. You know, this happens at church all the time. Somebody comes in, and you know, you're sitting here on a Sunday. And you watch a family walk in. And they're, they're in this perfect little row. And they've got these nice clothes on. And they're smiling. And they just look like this perfect family. And you think to yourself, man, I wish that my kids were more like that. I wish that my marriage was more like that. Man, they seem like they've got it all together. You know what you don't see? You don't see the car ride from home to church where they were silent because they'd been fighting about something on their way here. You know what you don't see? You don't see the screaming that was going on because the kids wouldn't get off their phone to get ready for church. You know what you don't see? You don't see all of the mess. You just see them walking through the door and you assume that they've got their life together. You assume that they're in a better place than you are. And the truth is, we're all just trying to get through this, just trying to get by, just trying to survive. And it's a part of our story. And sometimes we've got to pull off the filters and we've got to peel back all the fakeness and we've got to stand before people and say, you know what, I'm broken and I'm lost and I'm struggling. But this is where God is moving me. We've got to be willing to share our story. You know, maybe your marriage is barely hanging on. And you wish you had that picture-perfect relationship. But it's your story. It's where you're at. And you need to be able to share with somebody where you're at. I need to know that you're like me. That you're not perfect and I'm not perfect and I can relate to you because all of a sudden I know that you got struggles just like I do. And we're talking about neighboring and so why does this matter? It's because sometimes, you know, we just go through these motions. We got privacy fences and we've got garage doors and, you know, our neighbor walks by and says, hey, how you doing? When's the last time you really unloaded on somebody and you told them how you were really doing? Instead of talking about the weather or talking about that it's October and we're still having to cut grass or whatever it is that you make for small talk. God is writing his story through your life. And he wants us to share it with somebody. The real story of what God is doing. Remember, God calls us his children. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it says this, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called 
children of God, and that's what we are. Church, we've got to be reminded in the middle of our struggle, in the middle of our trial, in the middle of all of it, that we are a child of God, that he loves us, and that he provided a way for us to experience salvation through his son, Jesus. And so we've got this struggle, this tension, because we don't want people to see the real us. We don't want people to see the struggles that we have. We don't want people to think less of us. And so we hide behind this false narrative. We hide behind this imitation of who we really are, when all along people just want to hear the real, raw story of what's happening in our life. Because they can relate to that. Because that's real to them. You know that scientists will tell you that on any given day, there's 60,000 thoughts that go through your mind. 60,000 thoughts that will go through your mind. Of those 60,000, 80% are negative. Let that, let that sink in for a second. That eight out of ten thoughts that go through your mind are negative. Some may be worse than others. But if I look in the mirror and I think about myself, man, it's convicting. And I know that it can be true. We walk around all day thinking less of ourselves thinking negative thoughts about ourselves. And so when we talk about changing the narrative, when we talk about flipping this script around, what we want to do is we want to recognize who God has created us to be. We want to recognize that God has a story for our life. We want to recognize who God calls us, what our identity in him is, and he calls us a child. He calls us his child. And so there's an exercise that all of us need to start to jump into and it's a fancy word it's called cognitive reappraisal and this is what it is it means you're going to tell yourself a different story about what's happening what we need to do is we need some positive self-talk we need to break free from the negative thoughts that inundate our mind that tear us down and tell us that we're not worthy that tell us we're not good enough we got to stop the voice of the accuser in our head and we need to reframe that with who god says we are we've got to change the script and the good news is is that we have something that we can use we've got scripture We've got the word of God who tells us exactly who we are, who tells us that through Jesus, we are God's children, that we are dearly loved. And so what we need to do is that we need to start telling ourselves a new story, a story that says that we're a loved, a story that says that we're accepted, a story that says that that. God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us because he loved us so much. A story that tells us that we're forgiven. We need some cognitive reappraisal. 
So we, we've got two sides of this coin that we want to talk about. We've got this story about what God's been doing in our life, and it needs to be told. Right? There's a story in John chapter 9 about an, a man who was born blind. And he has this encounter with Jesus, and Jesus heals him of his blindness. And later on, he's being asked, he's being drilled, all these questions about Jesus, who Jesus is and what Jesus believes, what Jesus says about himself. And the man kind of is like, hey, look, I don't know much about Jesus. Here's what I know. I once was blind, and now I can see. That was this man's story. That was this man's testimony. And so for some of us, we've got this story about what God's been doing in our life, and we've got to be willing to share that with the people around us. We've got to be willing to share that with our neighbors because it's going to tear down walls, and it's going to build bridges, and it's going to connect us in a way that we've never been connected before. We've got to be willing to start sharing the story of what God is doing in our life. The flip side of that coin is this. Our neighbors have stories. And we've got to be willing to start listening. We've got to be willing to start asking about what's going on in their life. It's not just about us, and it's just not just about us telling. It's about us listening. And there's a few things that I want you to think about. Three things that I want you to think about the next time you come into an opportunity to engage with somebody who lives across the street, to engage with somebody who lives down the road, to engage with somebody that's got a cubicle next to yours or who you're sitting in a desk next to, whatever it is that's brought your lives together, I want you to think about these things. I want you to know that everyone that you meet is made in the image of God. I don't care what they've done to you. I don't care how their kids act. I don't care how they leave their yard. I don't care what it is that's about them that drives you crazy. You need to know that they were created by God. That they were made in the image of God. And that they are loved by God. And that's got to disarm us. It's got to diffuse us. And we got to see them how God sees them. Second thing is this. Everyone that you meet is fighting a battle that you have that you know nothing about. Everyone that you meet is fighting a battle that you know nothing about. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what their day was like. You don't know the home they grew up in. Here's the truth. Hurting people hurt people. And I learned this, you know, I've been coaching my kids sports for a while. And one of the things that would drive me crazy is you just, you'd run into these kids that just act up. They're just knuckleheads sometimes. And man, you'd just be, you'd re you're ready to light them up. And then practice is over. And they get picked up by an elderly grandparent, and you find out that there's no parents in this situation. They're being raised by somebody else. And you start to hear a little bit about their story, and your heart starts to melt. Because you get a glimpse into their life. And it, and it doesn't 
nullify the fact that they're acting out. But it does give perspective. And you start to understand the shoes they got to walk in and the road they've been down. And you understand a little bit about their story, about their testimony. And the third thing is this. Every person you meet knows something you don't and you need to learn from them. Every person you meet knows something that you don't know. And you need to learn from them. You know, there's a guy that probably lives down the street from you. You don't think much about him. And he can take apart a carburetor and put it back together with his eyes closed. There's a, there's a lady that maybe lives down the street and you don't know what's going on with her, but she's got skills and old things that she can can things, right? She, she can cook anything. People have a story. They've got a heritage. They've got a history. And we've got to take the time to get to know it. Like I said, we've, we've got garage doors and we've got privacy fences and we've got walls built around us that keep us at a distance from people. And our stories, sharing those back and forth, they build bridges. They allow those walls to be torn down and they build bridges between us and them. Because these are just people that are made in the image of God. And I think that God's calling us to get to know them. God is writing his story through our life, and we got an opportunity to make that evident to them. So I've got some action steps that I want to challenge you on today as we kind of think about this message. First thing is this. As we talk about sharing your story, some of you may not even know what your story is. You'd have trouble articulating it to someone. You'd think to yourself, man, it's nothing special or I'm not really sure what it is. I want you to begin by thinking about just sitting down and writing it out. Write out your story. Write out the story of what God has been doing in your life. How God's been moving you from point A to point B. Remember, it's got to include all those trials and all those tests and all those things that you've been able to persevere. And you want to think about how you can use that story to help somebody else. So the second thing goes right along with it. I want to challenge you to engage with somebody, to share your story, to ask them about theirs. It could be a neighbor, it could be a coworker, it could be a classmate, it could be somebody that you just want to get to know better. And so we've got to start engaging people and sharing that story. Third thing is this. One of the ways to get better at this, you know, we talk better in circles. And at White Oak, one of the ways that we provide for that is through life groups. Life groups is just a fancy way where we gather together in a circle and we get an opportunity to share our story with one another as we study scripture. We share life. We, we share the story of what God's been doing in our lives. 
And so if you've never been a part of a life group or you're in a season right now where you're not in one, you can go on our website and you can find out more about life groups. And, and I encourage you because it's, it's a great way to practice telling your story. And the last thing is this. If you don't know what it means to be a child of God, if you've never experienced the salvation that Jesus brings, remember that the enemy was defeated by the blood of the lamb. And that lamb is Jesus, and he died on the cross for you and for me. And if you've never experienced that, if your story's not been made complete, I'd love to talk to you about what it means to be a follower of Jesus, what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. You can reach out to me. You can email me. It's really simple. It's ksmith at thewocc.com. I would love to be able to talk to you about, it, about what it looks like to be in a relationship with Jesus. We've got an event coming up on Saturday where we're going to put people in the path of our neighbors here in Coleraine. It's called Coleraine Give Back Day. It, it's just a local serve day that's put on by Coleraine Township. And, uh, and so it's a really cool thing. I'm leading a group, and we would love to have you come out and serve. But it's another way where we're put face-to-face -face with our neighbors. And we get to engage with them in conversations while we're serving some of the most needy people in Coleraine. And so the life groups and, and serve day and everything, you can find out more about that on our website. You can find out more about being a follower of Jesus by emailing me or coming and finding me after service. But right now we're going to transition into a time of communion. And I love doing it in this series because when I think about communion, so often it's one of these things that we do and we think of it as an individual act. You know, we bow our head and we talk to God and we hold our cup in our hand. But the word communion is based off of this word community. And so the fact that we are doing this together matters. We're doing this now. We've got brothers and sisters in Ross that are doing this along with us. We've got churches all around the world today that are gathered together to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. It's what Jesus called us to. He says, I want you to come together and I want you to do this in remembrance of me, taking the bread, which represents my body that was broken for you, and taking the cup, which represents my blood that was spilled for you. This is the story of your salvation, that Jesus died on the cross so that we would not have condemnation so that no accuser could stand against us that we stand in strength and say I am forgiven and so when we gather together and we partake of these elements together we remember
I thank you so much for your son, Jesus. And I thank you for the sacrifice that he made on the cross for each and every one of us, God. I thank you for the forgiveness of sins. I thank you for the story of hope and redemption that is written on our hearts. God, thank you for your son. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. stand as we sing. I won't forget the wonder of how you brought 